0: My name is Nathan Kolopek. I am Matthew Morkin. And this is the Veritas Equipping Podcast. Our goal is, especially during this time, to equip you to live out your faith and love Jesus well.
1: Well, Nathan, we are gathered again, and it is hard to believe that the year 2020 is almost over. Come on. And you've made
0: it. Wow. So yeah. far, and you've made it too.
1: I yeah, I have. I'm kind of gimping along lately, but yep. I'm going, okay? Yep, yep. I'm going that way toward uh, January 1st, 2021, and always before, you know, the first of the year, we come in with these two whopper mega-Christian holidays, and I think one gets kind of overshadowed by another. It could just be me, fair play. What do you think? Christmas, Thanksgiving, does
0: one... Well, it's, it's, it's interesting that you, you called Thanksgiving a Christian holiday, because we're going to talk about thankfulness today. But yeah, the, the pilgrims as like Puritans and believers and stuff coming in wanted to give thanks to God. So in our culture, it's not a Christian holiday, but Thanksgiving is such a rich Christian theme, right? It's so,
1: huge. I I think we ought to own this. I, I'm, I'm pushing for us owning Thanksgiving. It is. <laughs> It is ours because even as we look at like the year 2020, it has been a hard year. Yeah. My goodness. And I am not a small business owner. I have not a lot going on in the economy but it has been a it has been a whopper year with COVID going on, and yeah. then you have elections, and you've got a lot of shifting sands going on, and people are discussing masks. So there's a lot of big things yep. up in the air. So sometimes I think of maybe some who are listening when we come into like talking about holiday season, and then you bring up you dredge up old stuff, kind of you know like yeah. family stuff, and you know how is this going to work out, and drama, and coming into thanksgiving it's tough
0: even in the adult ministry department we kind of know seasonally as we go through the holidays this is post this season there's going to be a lot of stuff to walk through with people family conflict family drama let alone in this particular year as we're recording this some families are choosing not together for thanksgiving because of health concerns safety concerns wisdom concerns. so that on top of the usual stuff there there's disappointment there's concern, there's frustration there's yeah people misunderstanding where other people are at even or maybe looking at people making different choices with frustration anger, uh, fear maybe. So all of that is kind of this nice big pot this this like nasty stew that we're all we're all living with. So we want to talk about Thanksgiving not as a holiday but as a rich Christian like doctrine theme that has super practical implications yes and
1: we have this rich foundation that we can hope in and be thankful for all the time no matter what and so yeah like you said we're not just talking about a holiday here and we're not just talking about a season of the year i mean everybody gets caught up i do too i'm guilty of it you get caught up in the season and you know you let things kind of roll off your shoulder a little bit easier it's the holidays you know and all this stuff and uh, really, is something that we can rejoice in year-round. And so, wanting to build a foundation, not just for Thursday. Like, I, I, it has so little to do with Thanksgiving Thursday, but has something that we can grasp onto, you know, in July and May and February and whatever those months bring for us. Yeah. So, let's kind of dive in here. I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, what is your favorite Thanksgiving uh, Tradition.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's my favorite Thanksgiving tradition? I don't I don't think I have many Thanksgiving traditions. I mean, eating food with my family. Like that's, you know, I, so I actually grew up overseas as a kid. So we didn't have the, I don't have the memories of childhood of like, we all do this together. And other countries don't have Thanksgiving. It's not a worldwide holiday the way Christmas, we had Christmas traditions. We just didn't really have Thanksgiving overseas. And then my wife and I were in... In Eastern Europe for a year as missionaries and we got to celebrate Thanksgiving with some other Americans and people there too so that that was kind of a fun way to celebrate the the kind of holiday day but I mean exactly what you're saying thankfulness it should be a Christian practice a Christian virtue year-round it's cool that we can have a day that helps us sort of highlight remember celebrate like Christmas Day right we're using that day to mark something and celebrate it. But yeah, we want it to kind of spread through the rest of the year.
1: So when would you say you were first impacted by the, or maybe first grasped the concept of being thankful?
0: I think honestly, recently it's been put in my face more. 2020, yeah, all of us, you know, it's redundant to say all of us are feeling it. But as I'm looking at and even, even in church leadership or trying to love and serve people, trying to make decisions that have an impact on other people, realizing there's a lot still to be thankful for, even in difficult times, and even just listening to some sermons from another another church context about thankfulness, like those things to try to stir my heart towards thankfulness for this moment, even if I don't know what the next moment will, will bring. Hmm. What about you? Have you thought about thankfulness much or was there a season in life where that, that really captured you?
1: I think thankfulness, I mean, I would say thankfulness really got a hold of my heart uh, when Jesus took a hold of my heart. Yeah. Um, So probably coming up here on 20 years. You're um, just a better Christian than me, Matthew. (laughs) That is not what I'm trying to say. But I just became abundantly aware of my incapability and what I deserved. And I deserved hell. I deserve hell. And uh, God has, from there, given so much. And then I think realizing probably in the last five, ten years, I think having kids really transformed my view of thankfulness because you realize how much help you need. And uh, especially when you consider and pray for them and their futures, their salvation, and and then their college dreams and families and future stuff. And so that had a huge impact on me. But there's both the spiritual, which is mega, but just everything. Like I have done nothing. And God has given. And so for me, it goes big time. I love to ride my bike. We've referenced before. And you're sat on the trail and you're like, wow, wow, wow. Like there's trees and there's hills and there's mountains some places. And and you're just like, whoa, and the clouds and the sky and the sun. And you're just like, this is amazing. And then, you know, you have a storm like the derecho. And the derecho for Matthew just emphasizes God's kindness to us in that I'm still alive and for the damage we took, there was so much more damage that didn't happen. And if you look and see how things could have just been way worse. And so.
0: so what's the difference between just kind of being overwhelmed or thinking nature is beautiful and actually giving thanks, like actually letting that move us towards Thanksgiving? Because I think a little bit we need to define what we mean by thankfulness thanksgiving this this kind of cluster of words
1: this is where i might deviate this may be more of a matism, so you be careful with that but i think thankfulness should spin out of awe when you look at you know whether it be trees or whether it be oh my goodness my house could have been destroyed like there's an awe factor and so connecting the two in how is how i do it right connecting the two of like what hasn't been destroyed, I'm so thankful for. Or, um, you know, when you when you see a tree and you just realize like, man, like I had nothing to do with it. Or you consider the sun, you know, consider the sun and that the earth rotates around and, and we are just like, we are smaller than ants in the grand scheme of of things that we can see out in orbit, you know, and you're just like, awe can't do anything about it i can't you know if the earth starts to drift one day away from the sun we'll all be talking about it i'm sure but no one will be able to do anything about it and that is i don't know i just associate thankfulness with
0: awe so thankfulness is a response when we connect the the events in our life the stuff in our life the creation around us when we connect that back to god the one who made it who created it and it's a heart response of gratitude. Like gratitude and thanks are, are similar. It's it's yes. essentially saying you have been good, kind, faithful for me. All those things that I don't deserve, and I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. I respond to you with love and humility. Right mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm thankful for something, it's also an expression of humility. And and I think if we look in our hearts and we're not, we find ourselves just not really grateful or not really thankful. I think there's pride mixed into that mm-hmm. because we are operating as if we deserve something different or deserve something better or the situations around us are just not fair and not good enough. And ultimately we connect that back to the God that we should be in awe of and go, man, am I, am I grateful for this? And I've not experienced this, but I, I think there are enough stories of faithful believers who have said like going through a serious illness or even at the end of their life, And not being frustrated or angry with those things, but actually turning their eyes to God in a way that overflows in joy and overflows in gratitude in a way that's really compelling.
1: Hmm. And I that's where I always go is remembering as a believer, we have this different reality that is it's not hokey, it's not you know mystically spiritual, but you have your eyes have been opened to the holiness of God, and when you see holiness. You see, set apartness, and I'm on the other side of the set apart. And so you're just functioning out of that humility of that I am ruined before God. I think of Isaiah 6, you know, Isaiah is just in awe of God. And then at the end, he's like, Well, I'm dead. I'm pretty much toast here. And God, in that moment, makes it right. Again, graciously giving him what he needed. And so viewing the reality that everything I need, God has given to me. And again, there's a tension, right? There's a tension between my will and God's will. And when I submit to God's will, it increases my understanding of, oh, this is better. <laughs> this is better. And I, I see myself as the two-year-old, you know, who wants to run out on the street. And my parents are like, you cannot run out there. And I'm like, but my will says I need to run out there. You stop pushing me back. Like, I see a street. I need to run out there. And my parents' will overrides. They even correct me in that. And then as I grow up, I'm like, oh, man, if I had run out there, I'd have been hit. You know, that would have been crazy. That would have been painful, you know. And so I, at 40 years old, am still like, God, I want to run on the street. Let me go. It's going to be awesome. I can do this all by myself. Yay me, yay me. And he's like, no don't go out on the street, don't go out on the street, don't go out on the street, and even sometimes to where he disciplines me to keep me back, and then as I mature and grow, I see things where I'm like, thank you, thank you for stopping me. Like, I had no idea how I had brainwashed myself, how I had surrounded myself with my own fellow two-year-olds and talked about the street, the street, the street, and how awesome and freeing it was going to be. But you saved me. You brought me back. You protected me. And um, even disciplining me in that, where I see like, man, it's good. You know, it's good that you stopped me. So where do you, uh, when you think about thankfulness and as you come into all this, I mean, what, what's running through your head, Nathan, as you consider ministry, life, and this season of the year? How do you fuel yourself with biblical thankfulness?
0: Yeah, I heard someone say thankfulness is a little hinge that opens a big door. And we see a theme of thankfulness all throughout the whole Bible. And one example would be in Philippians 4. Paul says in in 4.4, um, I'll start there. He says, rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonab- reasonableness be known to everyone, the Lord's at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's just one example of of where thankfulness is, is kind of pulled into both our relationship with God, but even more than that, the benefits that we actually receive when when our hearts are tuned in to gratitude, like the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I know a lot of people struggling with anxiety, depression, being, whether it's quarantined or even worried about the virus or worried about your business or th- those things kind of in this season. Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, not necessarily just rejoice, like just be happy, put on a happy face, but actually we have something to to find joy in and express joy in and it's God himself, his character, his love for us, the way he works. And so thankfulness is a way of, of rejoicing in God, saying thank you, God, for who you are to me, right? And the way we deal with anxiety in this passage in, in verse 6, he says don't be anxious about anything. Now, if anyone struggled with anxiety or stress or fear before, you know just being like, oh, just stop being anxious. Like that doesn't work, right? Yeah, for sure. Just worry less, like. Okay, that doesn't deal with the things I'm worrying about, but he says in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. When we tune our hearts in in prayer with thanksgiving first, when we go to God, rejoice in who he is and thank him for who he is and and begin to thank him for what we've seen him do in our lives, that changes the, the frame, that changes the perspective that we look at the things we're worried about in, right? That doesn't mean those things automatically go away, but when we put it in the context of god our fear gets rewired into hope and and sometimes our anxiety actually that kind of nervous energy right anxiety is like mental energy put towards something where we just spin over and over and over again as a physical implication it, it tunes that energy into to relationship with god and talking with him mm. right so it's not saying like just stop worrying it's saying actually take that that mind god has given you where you're swirling around something over and over and you're stressing and and you're getting worked up about it, take that mental energy and connect it to the person of God himself who can actually do something about it and who actually cares about you and loves you. And start by thanking him for how he loves you, Mm -hmm. how he cares about you, who he is. And from there, tell him about the stuff that worries you. Right. Mm -hmm. So thankfulness is this little hinge that opens the big door. And the big door being... Um, even just the the relationship with God that we get to step into. We don't go to God first demanding from him. We go first thanking him and tuning our hearts into who he is and what he wants.
1: Well, and I think one of the things from this text that stands out to me is it never says rejoice in your circumstance. Right. Never. It doesn't say rejoice in your marriage, doesn't say rejoice in your children, doesn't say rejoice in your job, doesn't say rejoice in the economy or your country or your whatever, right? It It's in the Lord. And you have something sustainable, real, awesome, never changing, who loves you more than any human being or anything could ever love you and your creator, you know? And so rejoicing in the Lord. And one of the things I always think about here is, yeah, when you get in a pickle, it's easy to, you know, and I don't mean to be crude, but to be like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. That is not a positive thought. That is not the best reality to sit and dwell on every worst case scenario that could possibly happen. What if God uses this difficult, hard, tearful, emotional situation to grow you closer to Him?
0: Yeah, and I—he'll I, do that. And and I don't want to be be cheap about real suffering and sickness and death because again, we're in a pandemic. People are dying for sure, but. I got to speak um, on a Wednesday night a couple weeks ago to, to students of Veritas Middle School and High School. Um, and they're, they're going through the story, kind of Moses' story, right? So I, I talked about the plagues in Egypt. And as I was studying it, I realized Moses wasn't just contending kind of with Pharaoh and his perspective, but even the Israelites struggled to believe that God would do this, that God cared about them.
1: Even Moses struggled to believe what God
0: was going to do. And so some of what the plagues of Egypt were about was showing God's power, God's character, God's promises to the Israelites and the Egyptians, even though there was a lot of of suffering happening. Mm -hmm. And God's grace to keep contending with Pharaoh to go, hey, like let my people go, turn to me. And we see like a mixed multitude, like Egyptians came out of Egypt with the Israelites because they saw how big God was. Mm-hmm. I just wonder a little bit if in this time, as things are really difficult, part of what God is doing is helping us as Christians cling to him more closely rather than the stuff we've been depending on, like my health, like my job, like the, the rhythms of life, my hobbies, whatever, not to say those things are bad. And not even like, I'm not even trying to say the, the pandemic is God's punishment on earth. Right? I'm, I'm not going that far. But we know, we know God wants to shape us through everything, including this. And I think one of the ways that we can begin tuning into how he wants to shape us is by thanking him for who he is and what he's done, it, both in big ways and in little ways. And from there, I think that'll even open us up to understand a little bit more of how he's specifically trying to shape our, our maturity and our godliness during, during
1: this time. I think one of us, maybe as we close this podcast and we continue on this conversation next week, is is to remember God will do anything to get my attention. Yeah. God will do anything to tell us that he is worth it. He will stop at nothing. And he desires for us to know that he has us in his hands that he is worth rejoicing in, that he is worth casting all our anxieties on, that he is worth giving everything to. And no matter what we are going through, we can look back at our very own testimonies and say, he has been faithful. I do have so much to be thankful for. So maybe we'll leave this one with that. And let's pick up this conversation again and keep chatting about thankfulness. Let's do it. Thanks for listening.